The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Temple Hayes, and you have joined us on the From Good to Amazing show. And we continue to hear so many stories about how people are changing their minds, changing their thoughts, and changing their lives. I'm delighted this afternoon to have a minister that I have admired for so many years, Reverend Diane Scribner-Clevenger. She is an ordained unity minister for 14 years. She has had this rich and delicious and amazing life, and she's going to share with us today ways in which she has achieved that. Reverend Diane, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here with you, Temple. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey and how in your own life um, you have used the principles of your life to move from a good or ordinary life to the extraordinary life that you live today. Wow, what an open question that is. We could go a lot of different directions, but uh, you know what? I'm one of those people who was raised in unity. Um, I, I love to tell uh, Unity congregations that, and I get this stunned silence, or sometimes people go, oh, there are people who are raised in Unity, and I remind them that it started in the late 1800s and that I have been born since then, so it's pretty hysterical. But, we appreciate uh, that clarification. <laughs> thank, you, thank you. Yeah, there are a lot of us who've been raised in Unity, and it doesn't give you a leg up any more than anybody else has, that's for sure. Just as much God everywhere. Um, but what exactly, what are you looking for, Temple? What is it you'd like to know about? Well, tell us about some of the rich stories of your life that have brought you from a place of, of thinking, can I do this, or uh, based upon the various uh, beliefs you may have had, uh, maybe something that was fearful for you that you walk through, um, just stories about that the audience can relate to on how change has occurred because we're all uh, looking at various times in our lives right now where we are walking through something. If we're human beings in a human suit, and we are, we know that everyone out there is walking through something. So tell us about some of your experiences or your teachers or you know, whatever spirit guides you to tell us about ways in which you have uh, created an amazing life. Oh, you know what, I have to, as you say that to me, my mind is, of course, racing back sort of to the beginning and doing sort of a linear check from the time that I was born and moving forward. And really, I get that today is the day that you and I are right here, right now, and uh, to rejoice and, and to be glad. And so I would really have to go to where I am right now as I, as I first reply to that question. And 
Um, right now, in fact, I'm, in, I'm all dressed in white. You and I are actually even able to see each other today, and I'm all dressed in white for a reason. Uh, I just got back from being um, in Abjania, Brazil, with uh, John of God, Joao de Deus, and that experience is, is one that I have looked uh, to having for years now because uh, my my middle brother, who is an ordained minister, Reverend Dan, um, Reverend Doctor Dan Price, and his wife Connie Price, are both ordained ministers with. Um, Metaphysical United Metaphysical Churches, and they've been going in and out of seeing um, John of God and being with him. And Connie's even had a physical surgery with him. He's he's a faith healer in a long tradition of a great history of faith healers uh, in Brazil who do work in the uh, in the physical realm with visible surgeries as well as invisible surgeries, so psychic surgeries. And when I say surgery, not necessarily the cutting of something, but certainly the severing of an old way of being or an old way of living or um, feeling, um, even you know, in your emotional body, that is um, the invitation is to sever that and move forward with your life in a new way. So I went there uh, finally. You know, I've been wanting to go, wanting to go, and kind of feeling like, well, why haven't they? You know, why hasn't it worked for me? Or you know, something wrong with me that I can't get there and been looking to go for years now. It, it really just fell into place this past month. And um, Chris and I, my beloved Chris Harker and I, got our tickets, and he, bless his heart, had no idea who John of God was. I mean, no idea when we got our visas. And uh, he saw him first on a YouTube um, film online and just went, okay, whatever. So you know what we did? We stepped into a place of absolute possibility with no expectations whatsoever, and that's been, I think, sort of the, um, that's been my, it's been something I've done over and over again in my life, and I just did it again, it! and I'm amazed. I'm just amazed by how God uh, can work miraculous things um, in ways that we can't even anticipate or even conceive of with our minds. And so I, I see um, people flocking from all over the world to be with Joadzeos um, because they want to know beyond knowing. Wow, that's powerful. Well, you know, I too, um, through Unity and through some other Unity ministers, had heard about uh, John of God and I have kind of been following him for a while. And, and then um, Ernie Chu, who is a... Um, Center for Spiritual Living minister and author of the book Soul Currency. You know, he's like one of John of God's really top people. Like he goes all the time and, and, um, John of God will actually invite him to his home while he's there. And, um, it's just incredible what, what you love about that is, um, certainly the experience that you have personally, but to look at it from an essence of, of race consciousness, how, um, you know, we talk about people having the healing potential of a Christed person, um, and yet it's so wonderful to actually see someone doing it. <laughs> and that's the exciting part of it that, um, that this space that he's holding and you, uh, I know you and I talked right after you got back and, and we talked about how there's a room there or an area where people leave their walking sticks, their canes, their wheelchairs behind 
because they have a whole new found, not only healing, but awareness of who they are. And uh, what a gift. What a, an immense gift uh, that people travel from all over the world just to, just to be there. What yeah. were some of the other insights that you had? Well, I mean, I think it's wonderful. There are obviously a lot of people, a lot of us who have, um, quote-unquote, disabilities, people with disabilities that are that show and you um, from the outside, and you can see that. And one would think, oh, that's what they want to have healing about, and, oh, I don't have any physical disabilities, so I don't really need any healing. But that that's what is happening, as far as I'm concerned, is that, uh, people are absolutely um, come there on an even par. They come knowing, we come uh, to the God of our being, knowing that there's more that's being revealed of who and what we that we are and who and what we've come to be, um, that the very likeness, image and likeness of God that we are born into is um, it just gets to be um, covered up, if you will, with our beliefs and um, limited thoughts that we, we we take on, and this is an invitation, very much actually like Eckhart Tolle invites us into in a, a new earth um, that that invites us to go beyond belief and beyond thinking. Actually, that it's not about uh, an overlay of positive thinking or certainly any kind of external medication that that one takes, but that you go to the core to the faith that resides in you, and we all have quite enough faith. It's just what are we having faith in, of course, that really shows up in our lives. So these people come, we come. I went there um, just willing to surrender and um, and let go, really, and let God. And it's John of God is, is just like Jesus, just like all so many healers throughout millennia who have said, uh, it's not me. I'm not doing this. Um, I am a conduit, and, and John of God is a conduit for these um, 38, now 39 different entities that come into him when he surrenders his body on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of each week. And um, it's it's just uh, it's wonderful to see because I, I think in in knowing that, saying that, and not claiming that it's he himself as a physical being who's doing it, um, but that he allows God essence by whatever name to work through him um he's showing us a model that we too if we give up that personal sense of i'm doing this or i'm not doing that um that we can allow that flow of divine um healing essence be who we are and in that presence you know in that ministry of presence we are um absolutely uh well we're not limited in any way in with each other, with ourselves, and it's it's so cool. It's really seeking first the kingdom and then having everything else just ah, just flow from that. How perfect that is. So, you know, you asked me this question. Of, I, I would say my any leap of faith that I've ever taken has always been a what seems to be, feels like a huge leap, looks like it even in the physical realm, you know, like I... When I had my congregation at Unity of Roanoke Valley, I was there just into my 13th year when I um, uh, stepped away from that ministry. But during the time I was there, I had um, quite a bit of sabbatical time. And so for one month, I decided that I would go and walk um, El Camino de Santiago de Compostela, 
which is, you know, commonly referred to as the Camino or El Camino, the way of St. James is what it is. And in Spain, and so I, I took off to walk 480 miles by myself across Spain, which, you know, kind of freaked out a lot of people. It's like, what? You're going with a group, aren't you? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, you're not going alone. And I go, you know, no, I'm not going alone. I'm going to be with God every step, every breath of the way. And what I found, of course, is the same thing that we find in our own backyard. We find it in our meditation. We find it in our church community. We find it in our struggles and issues with family and friends. You know, there's no more God there than there is here. There's no more God there in the top of the Himalayan mountains, which I've been up there too. Uh, No more God there than there is right here, right now, no matter what it is we're moving through as individual, you know, seemingly individual people on the earth plane so just joining together in that oneness of consciousness is just it's it's like you can do it you can do it god can do these things through you and to witness that and see the healings is amazing um to go back to john and god for a second everybody doesn't walk away feeling you know healed everybody doesn't go walk everybody doesn't leave their crutches behind or leave their walkers behind or walk out feeling emotionally or spiritually more mature necessarily. But what what does happen always is that they have stepped from, you know, just this giant leap, if you will, again, from here to right here, to be more present to who they are and that they've, they've you know, used that galloping chutzpah, if you will, <laughs> that God has given them to say, yes, I believe. You know, help my unbelief, and I want to be right where I am, be all that I can be. It's amazing. And I watched people, you know, that was part of my thrill, was to watch the people that went to Abjania and and see them accept and receive um, a a greater perspective of of who and what they are and what what they can do um, as children of God. So one of the things that... I'm hearing you articulate that I feel would be helpful to a lot of people because as you know on this show people are listening from all over the world is that in order to go from good to amazing at times there must be such a time of letting go and surrender of what's familiar and we're so attached to uh, not only what's familiar, but almost forcing the familiar to stay the same. Mm-hmm. And we're so uh, glued to that, like, okay, on Monday I do this, and Tuesday and every Sunday this is where I have my my breakfast, and then this is where I go to my community or, you know, I go be with my family or whatever. We, we are so into doing that and doing it right um, <laughs> that we... Sometimes we don't stop unless we have something shock us or unless we're taken back or unless we have this major spiritual flat tire. Um, It never occurs to us, am I doing the things or being the things that I want to be being? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hearing you say that 
here I put myself in this place that to everybody else was very unfamiliar. They couldn't grasp it. You could have done what a lot of people do, uh, Diane. You could have listened to three negative comments and said, well, you know, I guess you're right. That probably does seem a little weird that I would walk 480 miles by myself in Spain that, and to my knowledge, only Shirley MacLaine has done that. And I doubt I'm going to write a book or, you know, I doubt I'm going to run into her while we're there. But um, you actually said, well, you know, thank you for sharing. And I hear you, and yet I feel very guided to step out of the familiar of my life and step into that unfamiliar. And that's where you're saying that you had this huge aha that this walk, this rites of passage, uh, actually led you to a whole different awakening of how you wanted to design a life that you would consider amazing, and it would mean letting go of some of the things that were currently in your life at that time. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it, uh, There is that uh, letting go. You know, some of it comes from, and I, I mean, I can relate to, to what you're saying in terms of having uh, clung to tradition and status quo and uh, ritual and wanting to be at the same place at the same time and do all those kinds of things. I, it doesn't tend to be my nature to do that. I'm not a, you know, I never was a, oh, it's Monday and so I'll serve my children, you know, baked beans tonight kind of a person. But uh, I, so I get that that can give you, can, has given me in the past a sense of security, however, comma, <laughs> I mean, when we get real about it, you know, we go, okay, you know what? This really is a temporal experience being here. Um, it really is. Oh, gosh, I just I just realized that your name is in that word, temporal, uh, you know, passing, that temple, that the temple goes with us everywhere we go, um, that when we get that life is eternal and that this particular life and this particular body is so amazing, so fragile, so momentary, and yet it's part of forever for us, that I think you can kind of lean into it a little bit more, sit into it a little bit more and go, you know, so what? If I put every day, by the way, I put my life, if you will, on the line just by getting up and participating, why not? you know, stretch into the very next thing that's before me. Now, here's the cool thing. I saw this, and I've seen this, and I know you have too, and everybody who's listening. That stretch for some people, that big adventure for some people, honestly, is, is I'm going to give you an example of it. I used to be a, a, in Alexandria when I, I was raising my kids in Arlington. I was a track and field coach for, um, for us. Special Olympics. And uh, during that time, I was working with a woman who was doing a standing broad jump was the event she wanted. And she just, she, man, she had to work so hard to get her body to go up and down just in standing in place. And to get both feet off the ground was huge for her. Months and months, she'd just get one foot or the other. And there came the day we had the contest, and she, everybody was cheering her on. And she made that leap, and I, she probably moved one two inches, but she got both her feet off the ground. And for her, that was the cutting edge, the edge of the light that she could see. And that was her great adventure. And it was someplace nobody else had leapt. Nobody else had done that before. And it was amazing. And so, you know, whether it's a huge adventure in life and you go to another country or you do something that looks like it's, 
you know, life-threatening or calculated risk-taking. None of these are one better than the other. They're all paths so that we can see that with God all things are possible. Oh, I love being with you today. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're here with Reverend Diane Scribner-Clevenger from Pray Attention Ministries, and we'll be right back. Thank you for joining us. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Living a Course in Miracles, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. 
welcome back, everyone. I'm so glad that you're participating with us today, and we are sharing with Reverend Diane Scribner-Clevenger, ordained Unity Minister of 14 years, and she has her own independent ministry now through Unity, Pray Attention Ministries. Um, and we appreciate the support that you give all of us for Unity Online Radio. Diane, you were talking about the Special Olympics um, challenge and the individual that was able to overcome um, adversity. Um, tell us a little bit more about that. We took a break, so we were like all like waiting to hear more. Tell us more. <laughs> it, it, you know what? She was she was, of course, just one of the Special Olympics people who was uh, learning a skill that she'd never used before and getting out there and competing and, and using her body, her mind, every part of herself was engaged. And the reason I brought the, the story up is that she was, uh, she picked the standing broad jump and it was really just in her body temple and the way she functioned, very difficult for her to to do this one thing, and that was to get both her feet off the ground at the same time. I, I can relate. Can you, Temple? Totally, Ready? yes. Yeah, yes. okay. So, yeah, right. Jumping's not, you know, okay. So, but she um, she picked that, and it was, I, I just know, it was her divine wisdom that picked that for her, because for her to have success at that, she had to do that one thing that she never thought she could do, and that she somehow had, there was an inner something that moved her toward addressing that very thing. Now, this is, you know, this is facing that fear that we, we may have or whatever it is, because we are all going to have to do whatever's before us. And surely to do that with clarity and with focus and ease, it does make it successful for us, whatever it is. And I, she, I saw her night after night. We met sort of twilight time every uh, it was like three times a week toward this one event that we had, this one great Saturday where everyone uh, competed. And, you know, and she would work it and work it. Man, she'd get, she'd get that left foot up, that right foot up. And then she, it wasn't until she got to the competition and everyone was cheering with her, you know, feeling that support. Um, and I don't know, it just helped to lift her up. And the thing that was so daggum cool is it didn't matter how many people were cheering her on. It was when she herself did that, something greater in her, something more amazing than she'd ever tapped into, lifted her feet off the ground. It wasn't she had, she did have to work at it, but you know what? She did it. And, and it didn't make any sense. It wasn't about her head. It was about her willingness to do something beyond what she thought she was capable of. She did it, and she, like, you know, when Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up, I mean, in her case, literally, you know, I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me, all women unto me, all children unto me. The crowds went crazy when this woman got both her feet off the ground, you know. And I think what happens is then, then we all believe, we all see that, you know what, I can... I could do this in my life. If she could do that, I could do, and it'll be something else for each and every one of us. But to move forward and to really see that and to cheer on the light that each of us is capable of shining in the world lifts us all up. And and that's how I witnessed it. So I'm just really saying it's not, yes, I've, I've done some extraordinary things in my life and it's been wonderful. And I tell you, though, everything that I have done, I have always looked at it and thought of somebody who did that a thing like that, 
that was even more exemplary to me, uh, you know, ran the race faster, did the walk faster, climbed higher, whatever it was, and thought, wow, look what they did. So, you know, I've, I've been inspired, and I'm sure I've been inspiring, but I have more than that been inspired by each and every person I've met. And catching them in that moment of shining their Christ light has just been a thrill. And, and that's what that's why I started my uh, unity ministry called Pray Attention. It's like, let's not fritter away the energy. Let's pray attention to what we're doing with our lives. I love what you're saying because um, there's a couple of things that come to mind for me uh, that have shifted in my years as well. And one of them is that if I can see it, then it's much easier for me to start um, exemplifying it, you know. So, like where you went to John of God, I'm I'm sure, uh, without hesitation, that you no longer probably pray the same. Uh, there's probably an essence of the way you hold energy about healing and revealing with other people. You know, all those different things because you will never be the same because you have seen somebody that's holding a quality that you aspire to be like. And that's, I think, so important for people to understand that in order to move to an amazing life, you it's, it's imperative that you hang out with amazing people because if you're in the same aquarium like the fish, you're going to be the same size fish that you've always been in the same aquarium that you've always been in. It doesn't mean you still can't come back and visit them, but you must find larger fish and larger seas in order to you know, achieve that. Uh, the other thing for me that I um, have found to be so beneficial, and I know this is the way that you live with spiritual humility as well, is that it's all the things that if you asked me, did I think that I could have done that? And I would have said no. I just celebrated uh, 24 years of sobriety. Now, if you would have asked me uh, many years ago, do you think that you could ever live life without being medicated? Um, I would have said, how could anybody? (laughs) But it was something that of myself, I could not have conceptualized that I could have done it. But there was something greater than me that did the work. And that's the part that gets exciting uh, in our lives is when we will allow ourselves to become co-creators and we allow God through us to express Absolutely, and congratulations on that, by the way. I mean, Thank that's, you. it's amazing. I mean, that, that means to me that you are not living at all the life that you were living and that you have been made new, and we are. Surely we die to ourselves and we're made new you know, every day, but to do what you've done is, um, well, it's just to be celebrated um, for all of us in whatever ways we step away from old habits that don't serve us any longer, so that's a good thing. I, I, you know what, you, the imagery that you brought up for me with the, um, the, the, uh, oh gosh, was it in your, was it the pond? The pond that we need to find mm-hmm. another pond? The fish in the said? aquarium. Yeah, know. the aquarium. Thank I mean, you very much. Bring me back to the aquarium. I'm <laughs> in a pond or something big, huge. Close <laughs> like enough. Ocean. It was water. <laughs> yeah, really close enough. Uh, you know, I kind of, um, I agree with that and at the same time, I, I also see that some, sometimes people are in situations where they, they're just the scope of their living. And I, 
I can, I'm, I'm down here in Florida. Uh, initially it was because my father's here and I'm the youngest in my family and the only girl and he's 94 now. And, uh, he's, he, his life, which was very social and very out there, he was an administrator of Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago and he was very, you know, president of the hospital consultants and all these different associations and what have you. And his life, that was all over the world, and he's been to every continent, has come down to living in, um, you know, a, a one-bedroom sort of studio place down near where I live. And, um, and it would seem that his life is diminished in many ways. And yet he's aware that he's taking off. He's getting kind of excited about leaving this body and taking off into a new, you know, new adventure uh, paths for himself. And at the same time, it for those of us who knew him in this greater realm, you know, it would seem like he was getting out, like he's just going into a corner of the tank, you know, and that could feel like it's a sad thing. And but I have to tell you, what I see is that as he uh, draws away from um, being in this sort of outer personality and persona and uh, what have you in society, he he is stepping into a realm that I don't really even know yet, that I can only start to ask questions about. He, he starts to see that there's something more than his ego, you know, that there's more than his strong, youthful, handsome body, that that is not taking precedent in his life. And, I, and I, my awareness is that his, his that aquarium um, the universe for him hasn't diminished at all. And so sometimes I think it's stepping away from this sort of uh, preconceived notions or this old way of thinking that, you know, it's about um, what we, about an external life, about what we have or what we do that makes things so important, you know, that it's really about being all that we can be right where we are. And um, I see that in him when we start to sing together and he starts to say he still harmonizes with me and we sing and I see the joy in him and I, I see that when he looks at me and just you know I, and with this appreciation in his eyes when I bring him his laundry and I you know I um just the childlike qualities that I have and he has no matter how old or young we are we have that essence in us and whatever it is that brings that forth you know that's amazing Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that the beautiful um, communication exchange that, that goes with that is just wonderful. And when you were sharing that, I could see you, you know, writing blogs or, or writing a, a book on that of, you know, observing of observing this particular chapter of, of someone's life because um, I know in listening to the way that you've held your father before and I know that many people that are listening to us have parents or have someone that's aging in, in their lives. And what I love about it is that um, you're still a full participant with your dad. You know, a lot of times when people are, are aging, people finish their sentences for them. They kind of take over and, um, you know, that, that does dis- diminish them. That does, uh, make them feel, um, but they're not using their minds as much and things like that. And I've, I've heard you share on a number of occasions about how you, 
you know, wherever your dad is, that's the level that you meet him. And you just have these wonderful conversations about that. And it's so important that you are validating him and, you know, the place that he's at at this particular time. That's, that's really beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that. Well, thank you for noticing that, and I really wish that that was the way it was. <laughs> I like to think, oh, yeah, I do that so much of the time. And, oh, shoot, there are times when I just collapse into my little my little girl with him, and it's an amazing thing because I, you know, just become very childlike and uh, and in his presence as well. It's just so cool that, that our parents nourish us and nurture us as best they can, you know, and granted it, uh, whatever that is as best they can, and then if we have the opportunity and if it's meant to be for us to be with them, as they, I was with my, the caregiver for my mom, too, as she passed, uh, you know, if we're meant to do that, that we can learn and grow emotionally and mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and all of the above, you know, with them through their process as well, because surely he is he's helping me. <laughs> Every bit as much as I'm helping him, you know, and it often feels like so much more because he gave so, you know, so much uh, to us as children and his family and supported us in, in ways I could never repay. So, yeah, but, and you're right. There's a, there is a large population of us that have parents who are in their, you know, whatever age, actually, it, they're your parents and, and to have that at some point to reverse itself in a way so that we become their caregivers, uh, whether we're distant, you know, distant from them or near them. Uh, because my three brothers caregive my father just as much as I do. They just do it differently. Um, and they're at, they're at more of a distance, you know, but they are, they're right there for him, with him, um, and holding him in his, and just, just seeing him um, as the amazing being that he is, um, you know, skin and all. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah, <laughs> it's really pretty cool. We we're teaching a class uh, here. I'm teaching a class at First Unity in uh, St. Petersburg. That's uh, a new earth uh, Eckhart Tolle's work, and um, we looked at that. You know, he 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 had such clarity on and willingness to look at the ego in this book. That's it's extraordinary that the way that he addresses the ego because we all have that going on. You know, our our sense of me, myself, and, and I, and um, as if we're not all one, you know, that keeps us the sense of separation from each other. And we looked at that acronym ego, you know, edging or easing God out. And it, it just, I mean, I had one of those cosmic two by fours hit me upside the head in class last week when we were looking and I went, oh, you guys, what if that doesn't mean like separating God from ourselves? But it really means that we have these amazing, sometimes very difficult, devastating, like you were talking about earlier, Temple, experiences that is is really the universe supporting us by edging or easing God essence out into the, uh, the parts of our lives where we haven't had a really, you know, a connection, haven't felt connected. Just that that's what the ego sometimes does. It invites us not to separate ourselves so much as to go, whoa, I feel separate. I want to, I want to, connect here. I want to live differently now. And so it's, everything is an invitation then. Not, you know, life drawing us away from God, but everything is an invitation for us to feel that oneness. Kind of, kind oh, of an idea. That's idiot, beautiful. Huh? 
Yeah, it was cool. That's beautiful. Now, tell us a little bit about um, the work that you're doing. I mean, I know that you're visiting other unity ministers and ministries, and you're making a difference. And, and we're fortunate that we get you, you right here in the heart of, of St. Petersburg and here affiliated with First Unity in many different ways. But are you uh, working as a life coach to other people? I mean, do you have people call in and contact you through your website? That's uh, Pray Attention Ministries, isn't it, is your website? Yeah, yeah. org. Yes, um, I am. I'm doing a, a whole bunch of different things, as are a lot of people these days. You know, this is a time for us to all to be very creative in the ways we offer our seva, our, our service to each other. And I, I'm not the only one experiencing this, but it's, it's fabulous in, a way, in many ways. Um, I, I do temporary ministry. I do life coaching uh, with individuals and spiritual counseling. Here, I'm on the, the team at First Unity with, uh, of counselors uh, as a minister. And so, yes, I, I meet with individuals. I also do keynote speaking and motivational speaking with organizations. And um, I, go, I do um, retreats for prayer chaplains and prayer chaplain teams um, and uh, Sunday services and something I call prayer shops. Um, because my ministry in pray attention really is it has its core in what Paul asked us to do in in First Thessalonians five seventeen when he says pray constantly, uh, pray without ceasing. And that that Bible scripture has had me going since I was a little girl because I kept thinking, well, what then? It, I must not be doing this right, you know. I mean, what's wrong here? And the sense of right and wrong around prayer. You know, that it ought to be in a certain position, in a certain place, in a certain church, or a certain religiosity, or, you know, certain words, or, you know. Uh, and I, I really, I, I just am about debunking the myth that prayer is this or that. But my, my bottom line understanding now is that prayer cannot be defined, that it can only be, be infined, uh, you know, that there's an infinite number of ways to pray, wow. that we really are living prayers. Because oh, that is our- powerful. That is so powerful. I love that. Now, we're going to have to finish talking about that when we come back after the break. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings, is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. There is peace. 
Reverend Paulette's mantra is, It's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. for being with us today and we are enjoying the wisdom of Reverend Diane Scribner Clevenger from Pray Attention Ministries and um, she's been sharing about various ways in which life lessons move people from good to amazing. Diane, tell us about some of your other thoughts about holding a space of, are you saying that our thoughts are prayers and and really, we're always in this consciousness of praying, are we not? Well, that's what we teach, you know, in unity is our thoughts are prayers. Um, uh, and I think it's more than our thoughts. You know, it's, our, Thank it's you. Our, our thoughts, our words, our actions, our way of being is a prayer in that, you know, it, it, it sends, not only does it affect our own life, however we are behaving or thinking or speaking, but it, it influences everyone around us. We, we all know the ripple effect. So clearly, we're, if prayer is every thought, every word, and every deed, in other words, so, you know, something we send out into the universe and affects us and affects others, then that's the only way that I can, that I can figure out that we pray constantly. Now, some of that is, uh, you know, it, it, the question is, what are we believing in? What are we sending out? What are we doing with that um, amazing energy that we've been given? So, you know, there's, there, is the, there is negative and there's positive, and, and we have a balance of that in our lives. Um, and all of it, all of it brings forth that God essence. So, you know, knowing that, believing that, seeing that is usually retrospective with us as human beings. You know, we'll look back at an event that was like a tsunami and we'll go, geez Louise, you know, I, that felt horrible. It was devastating and it was, you know. And out of that devastation, you know, there is the proverbial uh, rising of the phoenix. Out of those ashes, 
there is enlightenment and there is a new way of being. And, you know, very Temple, you just shared with us, you just shared with the world, you know, uh, about your 24th anniversary. You just, I mean, you laid that life down so that you could take up a different life. What an example. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. that. Well, I've I've always felt that it was it's important for um you know, us especially leaders out in the field of spirituality to to share our stories. Now, I don't I do agree with a lot of people that I don't think people want to hear them while we're going through them because they have enough stories of their own. <laughs> you know, they don't they don't come to listen to, you know, spiritual leaders talk about, well, let me tell you the problems I have today. But I think it's imperative that we tell people when we're on the other side of them how we got there, you know, and how how that unfolded. And I always felt like that, you know, alcoholism had had been such a part of my life, and I had gone through so much about it um, that I I did not want to keep it a secret, you know. And I I see you doing that with the stories of your own life as well, because it's from that. It's like the word compassion. It, to me, that word broken down is come, pass it on, you know. So <laughs> we're, you like that? I like <laughs> well, that. You, well, you can use it. Okay, I got <laughs> but, it. I'm taking but, notes. But it's so true, you know, because we go through these experiences and then, you know, before you know it, you're, you're passing them on. I mean, there's somebody right there in front of you that can benefit from those same stories. Um, yeah. I have found that when uh, my mother-in-law uh, died unexpectedly, and uh, I mean, we knew that she was going to die like all of us, so that wasn't the unexpected part. It was the way in which she died and how quick she died, and it was shortly thereafter that, you know, I started realizing that a number of people... Um, we're losing their parents or someone close to them. And what I became mindful of is that a lot of times people think of death as, or someone dying around you is like the big event. Yeah. And it's like they'll show up for the big event. And no one ever mentions it again. Like it's, mm. it's done, you know. And I was mindful of that for me, that my process was finding a person or people that could let me continue to every now and then just talk about it mm-hmm. and mention it. So I've been very mindful in my life when I know that someone's lost a loved one to, to go back to them and say, how are you? Yeah. How's your heart? How's it going? Because yeah. I guarantee you very few people are, you know, it's been yeah. put to bed, so to speak. Well, you know, and, and there is there. So, so we get that and, and thank you for that. It, we get that there's retrospective um, clarity when we say you, we went through a difficult event or there was a death and a dying of, of a person or an experience or a situation, and we, we've gone through that death and dying and that there's new birth, and, you know, this is the story of life, and we do love that story. I think I'm throwing down, though, a little bit of a, uh, um, what is it that? Glove throwing down the gauntlet is that what they say? Yeah, I think so. Throwing down the gauntlet on um, on prayer in terms of in terms of uh, not being. I mean, yeah, it's great to be retrospective, but how about being present right where we are? How about being honest and and integrous right where we are? It's been you know it's been my greatest learning, of course, to to do this and to really be where I am, uh, fully present there, and to to 
pray attention where we are. So in other words, we're moving through something. We're having an experience. And I'm not encouraging processing in front of, you know, in front of everybody and being drama queens, however, comma. You know, we feel something and then there's the truth. There's the human aspect going on and the divine aspect and they are simultaneous. And hello, the negative and the positive are both parts of the same experience. To claim God's presence in the midst of that, I think, is to is to have the healing. You know, if, for instance, when the woman who touched Jesus's had the hem of Jesus's garment uh, had been bleeding for uh, you know over a decade, and she'd been uh, hemorrhaging, and her faith was so strong that in the possibility of stopping that flow of of having her whole you know all of her life essence be right here right now for her that she just in touching the hem of his garment uh gained that ability to stop living out of the past to stop letting ebbing her life away in whatever way she was doing that and however that showed up and to be well, to be to claim her wholeness right then in that moment, and I think that's the that's what where I'm going with this is that you know what we can be honest and open and know God is fully present. It doesn't mean we don't feel the experience. We still go through the tough times. We still have a sense of quote unquote loss in our lives. However, that's all part of this amazing grace, and that to me is when we when we get that and we go, you know what. It's 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 not a cover up. We're not here to say, oh, everything is wonderful, and think only positive thoughts, you know. But to go, you know what? My thoughts a thought. This experience is a temporal experience, and it's going to pass. What's true is what I want to know right here and now. And we we talk to people who remember us and know us and love us and remind us we're going to get through it. And we do we do whatever's before us to do. But to do that with faith. And to do that prayerfully, in other words, you know, paying attention to what's going on, just makes it, ha- it just quickens the experience for us. And it, it enlivens everyone around us as they watch us step through it. Um, which sounds you're like so right. Grandma did, right? Yes, you're absolutely yeah. so right. I'm telling you, Diane, it's such a pleasure. Just your your voice is calming, and I'm, I'm sure that people can feel that because you're such a centered um, spiritual being. It's been my pleasure to have you on our show today, and I just want to remind everyone that you can either Google Reverend Diane Scribner Clevenger, or you can look her up on her website, PrayAttentionMinistries.org. Please stay in touch with her and follow the great work that she's doing, uh, not only locally, but globally. Again, thank you for being with us today. Please share the show with your, your friends and your colleagues and by Facebook and different social media. We really want to get the word out that Unity Online Radio is a positive message, much needed for today's world. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Temple. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. 
This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries online at www.templehays.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Consider yourself spiritual, but does your spirituality involve your gayness? Reverend Dulani Moore and Jerome Braggs want you to know that you no longer have to live bound by shame, for it's God's desire for you to be set free by understanding the truth of your being. It is time to live the unedited life, freely celebrating everything that you are and the unique expression God designed you to be. Talk with Reverend Dulani and Jerome live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central on Get Into It and Get Your Life. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What if everything on the big TV screen of life could be interpreted metaphysically? What do current events and popular culture signal back to the collective soul of nations and individuals? Join us every Friday for New World Radio. Bringing Unity's teachings to the issues of today. The Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett and her weekly guest Christopher Naughton take you on a holistic worldview journey. With special guests, real issues, and your phone calls and comments. New World Radio with Reverend Laura Barrett Bennett. Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Do you think you know all you want to know about characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women. The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Reverends Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from an historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of the lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life. 
Only at Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.